Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome back to The Messy Truth, Conversations on Photography. Today, I'm super excited to speak to Michelle Groskoff. Michelle is one of a very small pool of female street photographers. The street is both her muse and her spiritual home. It's a space for her to connect with all kinds of people and truly celebrate the beauty of our flawed existence. Michelle doesn't construct images. She feels her way through them. She has a deep emotional connection to her process. What I love about her work is its infectious energy. Her photographs are so powerfully and deeply human. I'm excited to talk to Michelle about resilience and vulnerability, about what it takes to keep putting yourself out there day after day, chasing shots amongst the chaos of everyday life. I'm curious how she picks herself up after a bad experience and how she navigates the generational divide in a time when everyone is obsessed with youth. I always have faith that the world's a wondrous place and all I have to do is step outside my door and, um, you know, and then, you know, things kind of come flooding. I'm never afraid. It's more, I'm more afraid of getting yelled at or the emotional toll, I think. It's another thing that has sort of slowed me down in the last few months. I was shooting so much and so consistently that there was a lot of emotion you know, kind of swirling around and I had to take a bit of a break, if that makes sense. I just go out with an open heart and open mind and and an idea um, that it's going to be a positive experience and that it's really good for me to kind of be focused in that way. It's almost like a meditation. I love that. Because a big part of your work is getting really up close. It's very intimate street photography. And I wondered, you know, you touched on it, but how that plays out and how do you navigate that exchange? Is it is it about shooting and then kind of begging for forgiveness? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything, honestly. Like I, I'm a little bit of an obsessive person, I think, especially when it comes to photography or the things that I'm excited by or I like. And I I just want the shot so bad. There's not a lot of like logic behind it or even a lot of like premeditation. It's a very sort of gut reaction to what I'm seeing and as opposed to 
kind of like going out with an intention or a story that I'm building on or trying to capture moments. It's literally me walking around, sort of framing the things that turn my head or, you know, interest me in the moment, whether it be a color or a detail or a face or a posture or, or sometimes a moment. I get so focused in a way that I'm not in the rest of my life. It's a really interesting feeling. And um, it's almost like a high. And I, and I walk around and I just sort of get pulled to these things and I just take the photo. So inevitably, either I'm doing a lot of explaining afterwards. Sometimes I want the shot so bad and I can sort of feel that it's not going to come easy. So I'll ask for it. Sometimes I take the photo. It's not good enough. I talk a bit and I try and get another. And sometimes, you know, I take the photo. It's not great. And I have to walk off because it, it just feels scary or weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole moving has a lot of moving parts to it. And it's very internalized, I think, at this point for me, after so much practice. I think once you start shooting over and over daily, it just becomes like a muscle inside of you or something. Um, and you're thinking a lot of things and assessing things without being almost conscious of them. Is there a big recovery time when you're out shooting and you have an altercation with a subject if they're you know, not happy about being shot? Yeah, like really hurts. <laughs> I totally understand why. Like it's abrasive and abrupt to have your photo taken unwillingly in the street. Um, and so I'm aware of that and I'm aware and I'm a sensitive human being. And I know that it's a great thing that I'm asking of people, especially I get up close. I'm not hiding. I'm not using a zoom lens. I'm not like sneaking always give people the right to say no I I don't usually erase a photo but you know it usually doesn't come out well when people are really against it it's not it doesn't come out right I don't want faces of people scowling at me I don't want photos of people looking shocked or horrified that's boring to me I don't want those drive-by photos you know it's more about a connection that's made so it feels like in some ways you put your feelings and sort of the mental gymnastics and the emotional turmoil that working like that can have on somebody you kind of feels like you put that to one side for the higher purpose of like capturing these images oh yeah for sure I mean I do think that there's a lot of value in street photography a lot of it's been vilified over the years some people love it and some people think it's just this horrible thing that people do and some people do do it in a horrible way that I think hurts all of us as artists but um, I think that my work will one day stand as a record of um, my little corner of the world. A lot of people were wearing what, uh, some cultural signifiers, um, you know, what life was like a little bit. Um, I focus on a lot of youth culture and uh, things along that sort, and also seniors and stuff, all the fun things. And um, I think that's going to be helpful to people at some point in time, you know, whether it's in my lifetime or later. And those kind of public records, you know, our public lives, it's really important that it's not just like the police or the government documenting that, that we as people are documenting our own experiences in the world together. And do you think that there's some kind of higher practice in it? And, and then maybe that's what keeps me going at it, even after I get yelled at. I think it's important to take stock of things like that and understand your role and what you're doing and your contribution to the lineage of whatever aspect of photography you're working in. And mm. I agree. I think your work is really about celebrating people. That's for me what it is yeah. at its core. 
And it's interesting that you have been shooting a lot more of the queer community since we last spoke, which maybe was maybe a year ago. And I remember we talked about that at the time and it wasn't something that you were doing as much as you are now. And I've been really excited to watch you kind of embrace that and and shoot more of our community. And I wondered how that's felt kind of navigating that. Yeah, I mean, that's so important. And like, uh, we really, really, I, I just believe in the power of, you know, just photography and documentation and telling our own stories as queer people and celebrating in a way that, you know, other people maybe miss the mark a bit uh, on queer culture, just like celebrating from the inside out, celebrating like our ups, our downs, how we live our lives, how we, you know, celebrate our bodies, how we uh, celebrate our politics and you know, for good or bad, all the the little nuances that you get from being inside of a culture, I think it's really important. And you have to practice on the surface. And then once you're done practicing and you have a handle on like what it means to shoot in public, then you have to go deeper with it. And for me, I guess going deeper is being more personal. And I, I have always used the street to be personal. Always, always. I try and get close to people. I try and be intimate. I try and you know, tell a little story about how I see the world. And a big part of that is my queerness. I'm queer. And so like, you know, what a great joy it is to be able to celebrate my own culture. So I had a few opportunities this year to do that. And I would love to do it more. My life has changed so much since we last spoke. And I, I think that like, I've been focused more on journalism than on my street work and like it's really given me a different perspective on photography and shooting and I've had so many wonderful experiences this year like just really really challenging eye-opening experiences and I've done a lot of really fun little stories as well but like some of the stories I've done have just really challenged me for that those very reasons and I think it's added a depth to my photography in a way that at first frightened me. And now I, I think I really embrace it. I'm really excited about, you know, how it will affect my personal work, my street work. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. But I guess mm. for those people who might not be that familiar with you, you've been shooting for a really long time, but you kept that work private, right? You just yeah. kept it to yourself. And yeah, you were so working in production? Yeah, I, I was um, uh, media and television development producer in New York City and I taught graduate school for a little bit for a few years Um, and my background was film and I always wanted to make films but for one reason or another I got pushed into the funnel of producing and you know I wasn't necessarily that happy doing that because it wasn't very creative for me and I continuously shot photographs I just didn't tell anyone film was really my thing like especially like until I left New York I I I don't think I even considered photography as a career ever until it happened and um but I was always shooting like I'm just a storyteller at heart and I really really like to explore how I see the world it's just always been something that really excites me and trying to figure out my place in the world through imagery or putting frames around stuff And yeah, and then I I came to LA and getting production work was really, really difficult because everybody here is a producer and I really crumbled. I I thought I'd made a mistake leaving New York. I thought, 
you know, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I got very poor. I had a really hard time of things. And in that moment, I just turned straight back to photography. It's like, at first I used my phone and then I used the Ishika T4 camera. And then that kind of like got expensive. It was what I was spending all my money on. I was so poor. And then um, I started getting work in set design. I was a prop shopper and I worked for a guy named Andy Herman for a couple of jobs, two or three jobs. He's a really cool production designer from New York City. And he loved my photography. And he's like, you know what? I really think it's time that you get a big girl camera. <laughs> and I remember him saying that to me. And so I saved my money and I, and I bought my first digital camera and just started shooting. And I shot that year every single day on one street called Larchmont near my house. And I, you know, I really appreciated him telling me that because it pushed me in this direction that saved my life in a way. So how long have you been in that horrible industry term, but like technically professionally shooting as in like making your money from photography? Like I would say at the most, at the most three years, at the most. Before that, I was getting um, assignments from Vice and Refinery29 and I would get these little jobs here or there. And I really, it's like still, I was like, oh, these are cool opportunities, but I'm street, I'm hardcore street for life. I didn't, <laughs> I was working in a coffee shop <laughs> and doing the prop shopping and shooting, shooting, shooting all the time, shooting. And like, I just kept getting stronger. My vision kept getting stronger. Like my personal vision of what I wanted to say kept like growing and uh, my audience kept growing and it, it just became this inevitable sort of thing of like me kind of being truthful and honest with myself and how I wanted to express myself after years of producing, which wasn't a very, you know, honest approach to my creative self. And, and it just like came out of me like a, like a fountain or something. It was crazy. It's just, that's what I want to tell everybody, like, just hang on, like, kind of you have to go with the flow and you have to be true to yourself and you have to just have faith and hang on and I'm a perfect example of that so this yeah. year things have exploded right you've you've basically as you said before you're kind of shooting editorial every week yeah it all started I think like I would say um not this past summer but the summer before I had a solo show um in LA and I I mean this is like the dream story but I had a solo show in LA of my street work, which I was really proud of through um, the Lucy Foundation and Kat Jimenez, who's very supportive and awesome. She gave me a show and I like Milk Studios printed the work and they are very supportive of it. And it was really cool and it was printed beautifully and I was, I was so proud of the show. It was only up for a week, but it was really cool. And the opening night, a bunch of editors came see it and one of them was Anna Alexander who heads the photo department at uh, Wired magazine and she really liked the intensity of my work and my weird like portraits and details and stuff and you know we had never really like met properly so like you know we talked for a second and then I get this phone call like two weeks later basically so what are you doing this summer and uh that was like May or something like that I think May or June and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm free. And she's <laughs> like, because I want you to shoot a, a portrait. And, and like, 
she's so great the way she talks and she's like amazing like you never really know what like she's saying until she's done and um where she was like yeah there's a portrait that we want you to shoot but it might end up being 25 but actually it might be 50 and then I went on the road for Wired magazine she hired me to shoot 50 portraits for their 25th anniversary issue and it was basically the entire issue and it was like 25 iconic people in science and technology, which is a great love of mine. And then 25 people that they then nominated as future iconic folks in science and technology. And I went on the road for like, it was almost two months. And with Anna, and it was the most exciting project I've worked on and may ever work on. And it taught me so much and the best part about it was that Anna was like I want you to shoot these portraits of like Bill Gates and uh you know some of the top scientists in the world and Zuckerberg and all these people exactly as you would on the street and you just do you and it's a dream yeah like I get emotional thinking about it it's really special your portrait of Zuckerberg is unreal. <laughs> it is I don't unreal. think anybody will take a photo of him like that again. Like, no, it's yeah. unbelievably unique. It's absolutely incredible. And the personality of his dog, I mean, it's just too yeah. much. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I just want it, like, as a perfect example, like, of, you know, a, a meld between my philosophy and like the editorial world i i think like i i went into that knowing full well that these people are like very very powerful and are put on pedestals or they're hated i mean a lot of them like you know zuckerberg was especially having a hard time in that moment when i shot him and i knew that i I wanted to pull them off their pedestal, but I wanted to get really close so that we could all look them in the eyes. That was my idea going in. That's what I told Anna, and I think that's what I accomplished. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's that in those pictures, you don't think about their status, you think about their humanity. You mm-hmm. see their like discomfort or their character or little like expressions or parts of their face that you've never noticed before, even though they're some of the most photographed people in the world. It's really, yeah, that's what's really special about those pictures. You're almost oh. looking through this, like, random family album of Silicon Valley. <laughs> totally. That's exactly what I wanted. I'm like, I'm going to make these people, like, seem like just, like, regular schmoes that you pass on the street. I'm still dealing with this now because it's my first real year of really working hard with the editorial stuff. But... Um, I'm still trying to walk the balance between that like really raw kind of style that I did for Anna and Wired and sort of like the more not even refined because my work isn't refined I wouldn't say but the the more broad attitude of the stuff that I'm doing right now which I'm shooting a lot for like New York Times and stuff um, I've kind of toned it down I think and I would like to jack it up again it's a confidence thing for me I was gonna say how do you feel about having to flex your style slightly for different publications uh it's a great challenge I mean I want to be a good storyteller and I think in my mind coming from filmmaking I know what it takes to tell a good story I think you have to be a little bit broader I, not not so much you don't have to give it all away you don't have to talk down to people and you don't have to like take their hand and show them everything I think that there still should be some amount of work done on the part of the viewer. But, uh, the, you know, on the street, I'm like, no 
I'm just close mostly. I'm not a lot of story. I'm just a lot of detail. And that's part of the work that I'm doing for journalism. That's only part of it. So I've had to like embrace kind of like stretching out and giving more detail and giving story and putting people in a place. And it's kind of scratching some of my earlier film itches like, oh, I can still do this. I like this. Like I like telling a bigger story. And it's been really a good challenge for me. And the more I do it, I think the better I'm getting at it. And it's starting to affect my street work, which I've noticed lately is I'm less satisfied with these one-off images. And I kind of, my new idea, which I've slowly been playing with here or there, is to bring a story to like the street. So like, if I see something interesting happen, I'll cover it as if I was covering for a magazine. It's my new thing. That's why I was so excited to speak to you today is that like, I feel like I'm in a growth period and I'm very conscious of it. And it feels like it's a little scary, a little good. Like there's stuff at stake, you know, for me. And like, how do I keep this going? How, exactly. How do I level up? How do I, you know, I'm always kind of like setting something for myself, like a little goal. I think it's important, you know, and I did, I've, I've shot in the street for my whole life since I was a kid. And, you know, with LA, like, I've been shooting journalism for like three years, but before that, like I've been in LA now eight years, the first, you know, all eight years I've been shooting street. And, you know, that, that was like such an identity for me and it still is, but that identity is shifting a little bit. It's like loosening. It's like expanding is a better term, I think. And I think leveling up is me kind of coming to grips with that and like taking these new skills and, keeping it fresh and and running with these new ideas instead of like fighting against them but also finding out what's true to me like i i don't want you know to water down my rawness either necessarily just to play the game but you know that has to happen i have to make some some like kind of come to some agreement with with what it means to shoot editorial and stuff like that it's interesting finding a balance i was like so far almost to the left and now i went so far to the right i'll have to find the middle and it's like really exciting for me right now i feel very alive you're listening to the messy truth conversations on photography authorship is so important and it's such a beautiful thing when you you know, kind of see it in somebody, this kind of like sincere way of seeing the world. It's very exciting. Everybody wants to get close to it. It feels really good to look at. It feels good to know that it exists even. And I think for my street work, I, I really feel strongly about my sense of self. It's like very clear to me. With everything else, I'm still like figuring it out. And I think it's okay to be vulnerable about it. And I think it's important to talk about how vulnerable you can be as an artist and how dependent you are on these people to appreciate and accept your work and give you jobs like it's really intense like the relationship between editor and artist photographer but I know that there's uh, editors out there who are really interested in supporting new work and new culture and new vision and ideas. And it's like they have you in their hand and I hope they have good intentions because it's such a powerful position. It's a really exciting time where dynamics are shifting and power is shifting mm-hmm. and it's it's just feels like a whole new world has opened up. Just I'm, I mean, I'm speaking for photography, but obviously it's it, it's the wider world as well but 
I think it feels like at a really important time to be an image maker. As an artist, I think you have to remain open. Like you just have to. That's like the the way forward. You have to be excited about what you know, or moved by, or angry about, or uh, you know, emotional about, or whatever. It's like the path forward. You have to be somebody that with eyes open and like photography is such a gift in that way I think because it allows you to really hone that to like be present and to to like really explore how you see the world and how your place in the world and how others see the world and and to bring people to the table it's like such a such a profound gift is it important to you to have conversations with your peers Oh, yeah. Even if I'm just talking to people online or emailing or like just chit-chatting and like texting each other, like the ideas that we're passing around and the amount of support that you see from people like I'm up against jobs with like people in in L.A. and California in general. You know, there's only so many jobs around and we're all up against it, but we still all support each other. There's so many amazing women in California, like Maggie Shannon, Christy Hemclock. Uh, Jessica Chu, Rachel Bajalski, all the, all these like great editorial photographers, you know, Maggie Shannon, it almost not, she doesn't really have a, she has a different way about her, I think, but we both use Flash, so we're often up against the same jobs, but it means so much to me that we can just sit back and talk to each other and, and like rise above that and just like form a, a sense of community and support. It's scary. Like photography is very lonely. It is. So yeah. Yeah, it's very important to me to be able to talk about all these things with people and just, you know, like, especially street photography, street photography, it's like, such a crazy thing. Like if you do, even if you suck at it, like good for you for trying, it is hard. Like it's crazy. You're really vulnerable on the street. You're scaring people sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you're just like sneaking about and trying to find like beautiful moments that express some greater thing about humanity. And, you know, that's just kind of very specific experience and I think that when you sit down with other street photographers there's such a like a sense of camaraderie and like we all talk about the same things and it's like having been in battle together or something it's so lovely like yeah community is very important to me one of the things I just always think is synonymous with your work and and street photography as well is that vulnerability like you just can't take great shots on the street without being vulnerable and in some ways your subject is vulnerable as well and I wondered if you can describe kind of what that sensation is like a little bit oh yeah it's like um I mean there's so many things happening at once with street photography for me it's a vulnerability because you know it's just me and my camera and I'm by myself and it can be a little bit scary and 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 like engaging with people in a way that I'm like I said I can be pretty shy it's like a different personality comes out in me where I'm very bold and and I get very close to people I don't know and yes it's definitely vulnerability on the other person's part I'm always amazed when people give they give they give to me like and you could see it my best photos are people really giving like they make a connection with me in that moment and I don't think I'm crazy for saying that it's like a little bit of intimacy for a moment and we both feel it and we go off on our own ways I'm like I think we're both filled up by it the people that say no like or yell at me or get physical with me or crazy I feel for them they don't have to say yes to my camera, like for sure. I get that. It's like I'm asking a lot when I want to take somebody's photo. It's like a really big deal. But 
I think that there's something in them that they need to explore some pain or something that they don't, you know, they're not vulnerable people. I think you, I don't know, it's a sign of openness when you're vulnerable. It's important to be vulnerable and to remain vulnerable and to be okay with it and to be comfortable in it. And street photography really teaches you that. There's some power. There's like a magic energy in being vulnerable. You go you go to that place and you're tuned in with what you love. It really does make a difference. And all the photographers that I know who make incredible work, that work comes from being vulnerable in whatever capacity, in whatever genre of photography they're working in. If they're if they're in that space, then the work is at its most powerful. And I think it's something that more and more I see now that people aren't comfortable going there or they don't give themselves the mental space to be able to go there because they're worried about, you know, 500 other things that they've got to do as part of their freelance world. But it's so important. And that's what I love about you. You really know that and you really understand that. And you, as much as you can, you take it every single day. You, t- you go to that place. And I think that's what makes your work so consistent. Oh, thank you. That's such a great compliment. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's almost like, yeah, I, if you look at really kind of hurtful street photography or kind of, um, you know, like one thing that like I kind of love seeing is, is like street photography where the angle is off, where like, the person obviously you could see what they wanted to focus in on but they're like just five feet off because they were too afraid like everything shows in the frame yeah like you intention is everything and the more you hit it on that point the more successful the photo is and like just being really brave and being really open gets you there Talk to me about your flash because flash is so divisive. I just love, 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 love how it makes like the smallest of things so grand. And, you know, I'm sure it has something to do with me and how I see myself and my upbringing and everything that like, I've always been kind of like really nerdy and small and I love nerdy small things. And when you apply flash to those little things, they just become majestic. They become like pop sensations. It could be like, like a penny on the street. I don't know anything. It just has this <laughs> way. It's like makes things special. And I think that one of the, the most depressing things about modern life is how like we just, kind of dismiss things and things to me that are not that are so valuable that are definitely worth looking at looking at closely and celebrating and it's like you know we kind of all gravitate towards the most special the most charismatic the most beautiful the most luxurious rich whatever and everything below that line is just kind of like meh but for me, everything below that line is everything. Like it's <laughs> all of us, you know? It's like the 99% of everything. And it's so fun. It's how I feel about the people that I'm shooting or the objects or the details or whatever. I feel re- like so much joy and wonder about these things. And for the flash, just like really sums it up. Just because you have a camera doesn't mean you're telling the truth. You're telling your truth. And like, you know, I know I'm bringing my personal life and perspective to whatever I'm telling people. And like the flash is kind of like a broad brush stroke or something. It's like, oh, the artist is here. I'm here. 
this is not real. This is my perception of this reality. This is, you know, this is how I see it. I'm going to like mess with it. I'm going to like make it what I want it. It's another layer of authorship, really. Yes, exactly is what it is. What do you think you've learned from the street? Oh my God, so much, like literally everything. What I've learned from the street is, yeah, is like to be present, which is so important. And I used to meditate as well, but I thought meditating, so it's kind of taken over as a form of meditation. For me, it's just like really being 100% with every ounce of myself present in not only like this moment in time, but this actual physical moment. And being aware of my body in this moment and how my body moves and works and where my eyes look and how that connects to my internal dialogue and um and that's really important to be open to like not plan stuff but to really be open and to go with the flow of things like one of my big philosophies in life is like the path of least resistance and that kind of coming to that i think through street photography has really changed my life by being very accepting and going with the thing that is almost you know the most joyful and easiest not easy nothing's ever easy but like the thing that comes most freely is probably the path that you should follow because it's like good things come from that and i learned that from the street and you know being brave open and learning to explain myself it's not enough to just go take photos of people they're going to ask questions and i think it's really important to be able to explain to people, not only the art world or the editorial world, but also just the people that you're working with in that moment. Like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I really like about you. This is like, you're a powerful person. I see you. Like when I first came to LA, I was so lost, like so lost. I was like homeless for a year. I slept on people's couches. I had no money. I like had gotten out of a, a relationship and I was just in a really dark way and photography literally saved my life, like saved me just from the act of getting up and going out and doing it. And I think for people, it doesn't even have to be photography. It's just like energy. It's like getting up and doing the thing that makes you happy for yourself, not for anybody else, but for yourself. And I think that that's what photography is for me and did for me and it changed my whole life. And so I'm like its biggest cheerleader. I think it's such an amazing tool for self-knowledge and power and growth and happiness and all of those things but like I want those things for other people I look around and I see a lot of pained people and I think that like you know whether it's art or whatever some kind of passion that gives them something to get up for every day it's so important I feel like we could talk for hours and hours but I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up thank you so so much for coming on the podcast we've been talking about doing this for such a long time and I'm so pleased that we managed to make it happen yeah, I hope I was clear. I'm like all over the place all the time. I, I I love talking with you about this stuff and I agree I could talk forever about it. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for listening to The Messy Truth. You can find more information about today's guests in the show notes. Theme music is changed by Judd Greenstein from the album Awake and design is by Ruby White. You can follow updates on the podcast on my Instagram at Jem Fletcher or subscribe to my newsletter at gemfletcher.com. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts.
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.